quick update. Um, season one of Better With Books is officially over. Um, the next two Wednesdays, there will not be new episodes of Better With Books because I will be on vacation. I thought I would be releasing while on vacation, but then I realized I'm I'm already very bad at being on vacation, so why would I also work 20 hours a week on podcasts? But this is good because I have quite a few books to catch up on, so I'll be back with new and better episodes about three weeks from now when season two begins. Welcome to episode 19 of Better With Books. I'm your host, Roots. I've been thinking a lot lately, as most college kids do, and as is probably obvious from my last episode about capitalism and its war against individualism, about money. I'm hoping that one day I will have enough of it, but also I know that I will most likely never feel like I have enough. How do I know this? Because 90 years ago, Virginia Woolf wrote in A Room of One's Own, known for its feminist theme, not its anti-capitalist vibe, Watch in the spring sunshine the stockbroker and the great barrister going indoors to make money and more money and more money when it is a fact that 500 pounds a year will keep one alive in the sunshine. And then, here's a contemporary reference for you, there's that song, Never Enough, from The Greatest Showman, sung by Lauren Allard. The words go, All the shine of a thousand spotlights, all the stars we steal from the night sky, will never be enough. Towers of gold are still too little. These hands could hold the world, but it'll never be enough. We won't ever learn, will we? We won't ever have enough. It's human nature to constantly want and expect more. There's always just that one more thing to buy, one more place to travel to, one more way to make ourselves feel bigger and better and more secure than the people around us. And maybe you're okay with that. Maybe you're okay with never enough. But I think the problem is that most people don't recognize that there is an alternative. That you don't have to constantly want more and better and bigger. The alternative goes by the name of minimalism. It's this word that's been thrown around a lot lately. Minimalism is hip and cool and really popular right now, but I think most of us miss the point when we talk about minimalism. Because minimalism, despite what you might think, isn't just about owning very few things. It is simply knowing that you have enough, that in most cases, actually, you have more than enough. It's about recognizing all the things you're missing out on because your priorities aren't set straight, that you're more interested in going after what other people want or what other people want you to want, as in advertisers wanting you to buy their stuff, than in what you actually, actually want. We as mere mortals don't have the capacity to want and use all the things that society is telling us to want. Minimalism, then, is simply about recognizing what we each actually want and actually deeply care for, and getting rid of all the other stuff that stands in the way. And it turns out, most of the time, that the things we want aren't the latest car. It isn't a big house or a collection of antique vases or movie collections or the latest smartphone. Turns out that was what we thought we should want. What we learned from others and from advertisements to love, but really we love to stargaze or go on long backpacking trips or collect and customize sneakers. Minimalism is about getting our priorities straight and making room to figure out and then live the best version of our lives. Making room. Getting rid of the excess. Giving us space. Virginia Woolf lived off of what today would be about $30,000 a year, which is quite a lot for some people and very little to others. 
And she was happy, at least at the time that she was writing A Room of One's Own, she seemed happy. She was content. She, as scholars-slash-writers-slash-thinkers are wont to do, spent her time thinking and reading and writing and absorbing the world and learning new things. She recognized and embraced what she wanted out of life, what she found joy and fulfillment in, and it happened to not be material things. Now, that's not to say that you can't live a happy, contented life if you want things. It's human nature and it's necessary to our survival to want things. It's just important that you make sure that you actually want those things. That you want them and you can afford them. And that the work you work to get them is worth the effort. More often than not, those things that you thought you needed or wanted, you actually didn't. More often than not, things in general are not the answer we thought they would be. Or someone else told us they would be. Lionel Shriver wrote, A lot of people get so hung up on what they can't have that they don't think for a second about whether they really want it. You know, these days, we're so obsessed with time, with not wasting time, with being productive with our time. But we don't seem to put in as much effort into scrutinizing whether the things that try to come into our lives are worth the time. And we fail to recognize when the things that seem not to be worth the time, that seem to be a waste of time to other people, are in fact worth it to us. Instead of, by default, trying to make the best use of our free time, actually vet the activities and objects and people that ask for that time. Ask yourself, do I really want that? Or do I just want one more conversation piece or one more Instagram post? Save yourself money. Save yourself the effort to clean and maintain stuff. Save yourself the time you would spend on a vacation that you don't actually need to a place that you don't actually want to visit. At the turn of the last century, the writer Marie von Ebner Eschenbach, and I know I probably pronounced that incorrectly, and yes, I also know that I used this quote in the last episode, but it's just that good. She said, To be content with little is difficult. To be content with much, impossible. Let's not try doing the impossible. Unless, of course, it's likely impossible dream that I have of one day making a halfway decent podcast. Dreams like that, the ones that make you happy even if you think you'll fail at them, the ones that teach you real lessons that you can apply to other facets of your life, those are the impossible things worth attempting. The rest of the impossible things, like trying to make yourself happy with more and more things and more and more money and ignoring what you actually want out of life, save that energy for something more. Save it for you.